I realised that I always start my videos or podcasts in the same way by saying, hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. So there you are, I've started them in a different way. I think that the experience of being judged is one of the most difficult and painful experiences that is common to all of us. When we feel somebody else has interpreted our actions or our motives, that they think we did something intentionally or deliberately that we didn't. When we feel that other people have assigned to us a, 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 a reason for doing things, perhaps they've rejected us, we feel unfairly. All of that is a really difficult and painful human experience. And we all know, I think, what it feels like to be judged. The really big problem is that none of us know when we're doing it. We all tend to feel other people judge us, but we don't judge others. It's difficult to recognise whether we are in fact judging people. So we're going to have a look at something that Jesus says and use that just to explore and question ourselves just a little bit as to whether we might be making good judgments. Our story is taking place where Jesus has explained to his brothers that he's not going to go to Jerusalem with them because he thinks that the people, the leaders there will arrest him and have him killed. And he says to them that his time is not yet right for him to be crucified, to be killed. But eventually he does go up to Jerusalem. This is John chapter 7. And the crowds begin to whisper amongst themselves uh, as to whether he uh, is the person that the authorities want to kill. He's a good man, they reply, but then others are divided and say, no, he deceives people. And we looked at that in one of our recent studies. Uh, what is the difference between a good man and a deceiver? In our last study, we looked at the way Jesus begins to help them work out whether he is good or not. And he says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God. And that was all covered in our last study. And that's where we pick it up in John chapter 7 and verse 18. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. This is what Jesus is saying to help them work out whether he is good or not, whether he is a deceiver or not. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. In other words, his agenda and his motive isn't for his own prestige, his own popularity, but is for God. There is nothing false about him. And then he continues in verse 19. Has Moses not given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? And they answered, you are demon possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? And I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but I want to just pick up how he uh, finishes the next thing that he says. He says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. So they have made a judgment that, that he's demon-possessed by suggesting that people are trying to kill him. And so we're going to look at why they make some bad judgments and from this story, some clues as to how we can make good judgments. So let's go back to them calling him demon-possessed. The next verse is this, verse 21. He says to them, I did one miracle and you are all amazed. Now this is the healing of the man uh, on a Sabbath. 
which had really got them angry because they said that he'd been breaking the law by healing on a Sabbath. And this goes back quite a few studies, but if you trail back, you'll find it. And he continues, because Moses gave you circumcision, that actually did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. And he says, look, you have this set of regulations as to what you can and can't do religiously on the Sabbath. And you believe that it's okay to uh, circumcise on the Sabbath. You think that it was Moses, but actually, if you're accurately scripturally, it was actually through Abraham that circumcision first came. And so Jesus continues this line of argument. He says, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? And that's when he then uses his phrase, stop judging by mere appearances. So I want to suggest a number of things. So the first thing is that he has said to them, look, you have judged, you consider that it's okay to circumcise, but it's not okay to heal. And the reason you think those things are different is to do with motivation, that you think that to, to circumcise is okay because it's an act of commitment to God, whereas my healing wasn't okay because it wasn't, in your judgment, an act of commitment to God because it, they have not seen his compassion. So they have judged him as having the motive to disobey God rather than the motive of compassion and glorifying God. And so they reject Jesus for a number of reasons. And the first one is that they have interpreted his motive for the actions. They've interpreted him as being against God. So when we think about our own propensity to judge others, I want to ask us firstly whether we interpret the motives of others. We look at their actions and we say, you've done it for the wrong reason. And rather, sometimes we interpret people as being rebellious rather than compassionate. And that's what's going on here, that they consider Jesus to be rebelling against the word of God rather than acting in the spirit of it in compassion. One of the other big judgments that's around at the moment is the judgment that something is a conspiracy rather than a mistake. And we very often attribute other people's mistakes to some grand plan of wrongdoing. And we decide that it was intentional and they knew what they were doing and they were out to harm us or it was all part of a plot or a plan by the government or some sort of powers within. We judge the motive, not the action. Sometimes we judge others as being arrogant when actually their behavior is a demonstration of insecurity. The bravado, the confidence is masking a deep, dying, a deep lying lack of self-esteem. But it looks like arrogance and we judge someone as arrogant when in fact they may be insecure. Another judgment of motive rather than of action is when we judge people as being insincere and actually they're just trying to be kind, but we consider it fake or insincere. So my first question for us to reflect on is this, is can we recognize when we're judging a motive? We can see an action and the action's not in dispute. 
What's debatable is why they did it. And maybe we think some be are being rebellious or a part of a conspiracy or are being insincere. When actually, or being arrogant, when actually the motive, the heart is very different. And we've judged their heart wrongly. And the second element of their rejection of Jesus in this story is that they're assuming that God wanted rule keeping to be kept. They're assuming that God had made a rule that nobody was to be healed on the Sabbath. And so the second way in sometimes in which we judge others is because we have an assumption about God's rules. And we are looking for people to conform rather than seeking to love them. And so we're trying, perhaps the way in which we judge people incorrectly is we're trying to only judge those who keep the rules. We're trying to only love those who keep the rules. And we've lost sight of the reason for the instruction. We've lost sight of why God encourages us to do certain things. And there are so many ways in religion in which we become obsessed with people keeping the rule rather than working out what the reason for the rule was. Whether it's to do with people's attendance at church, whether it's to do with people's prayerfulness, whether it's to do with people's um, behavior and what they watch or listen to or do. There are so many ways in which we've set a rule or a standard and we judge someone because they don't keep what we think they should. And so my second question for us to reflect on is that whether we have invented rules for others to keep. Now in all of this, it's really difficult to weigh up whether we judge others. So I want you to try and think about a person or an individual or a group of people or a, a section of society that you don't agree with or that you have decided that you understand or know why and how they think. So if you think about a group of people that you are uncomfortable with, is there any possibility that you've created a judgment based on a rule you think they ought to keep? And the story goes on. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Now, notice the contradiction. They just said a few moments earlier, no one's trying to kill you. You're demon-possessed for thinking people are trying to kill you. And yet they're also saying, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? How on earth could they say two things that are contradictory? The reason is that they had in the first instance when they said, look, he's demon-possessed for thinking people are trying to kill him. I suspect is that they refused to accept what they didn't want to acknowledge. They didn't want to admit that some of them wanted him dead. And so in their anger, and you can often tell when people are not really believing what they say because they say it very firmly and with strong language. You're demon-possessed, they're saying. Well, they know that it's true that there are people who are trying to kill him because just a few verses later, they say, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? And so the third reason that people reject Jesus and they're rejecting Jesus is that it didn't fit with what they wanted to believe. They wanted to believe that their leaders weren't 
aggressive or plotting to kill someone. They wanted to believe that they themselves weren't involved in a plot to kill. What they wanted to believe affected how they judged another person. And so this leads us to ask the question whether we judge people because what they how they behave or what they do doesn't fit with what we want to believe because we've already made up our mind about that type of person, about that group. And we stop listening to something that might change our opinion. And we fall into judging others when we stop looking for truth when we think what we believe is what we want to believe and we don't want to hear anything that might challenge that. And so the third challenging question for us to pause and reflect on is, are there ideas we refuse to listen to? Are there things that if we really stopped and questioned ourselves, we would feel very uncomfortable because it would change what we think. And that feels scary. And so they just said, you're demon-possessed, because they didn't want to consider what they actually knew was the truth. There were people trying to kill him. So at that point, some of the people of Jerusalem, this is John 7, 25, began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? And so the next thing we realize is that their judgment of Jesus was based on the opinion of others. He says, stop judging by these externals. And one of the externals is what everybody else thinks. So there is a group of people saying, this is the man we need to reject and kill. And so some of them are getting caught up in this. And so for us, judging can very often be going along with the crowds, what everybody else says and so I wonder whether our opinions are swayed by social media, are swayed by what others are telling us, by Twitter, by Facebook, by Instagram, by the news, by books, by magazines. And again, if we're going to try and work out whether we judge other people, there needs to be some real honest self-reflection and say, how much of what I get angry about is wound up and stirred up by other people? Are my judgments of people affected by others? My judgment of that individual is swayed by what I've heard about them. My judgment of that group of people is swayed by what others say. And the story continues. Here he is in this debate, the crowd speaking about Jesus. Here he is, they say, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? So they're saying, look, they're saying, some people are saying he needs to be rejected and, and, and killed, but now they're letting him speak publicly. Is he really the Messiah? But then they answer themselves by saying, we know this man, where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. So they've decided they can't accept Jesus as the Messiah because they happen to know he's come from Nazareth in the north. 
And they believed that the Messiah was going to come uh, in some spectacular way. He would, yes, come from Bethlehem, but they don't believe Jesus is from Bethlehem because he's been brought up in Nazareth. So they think he can't be the Messiah because we know where he's from. We know his background. We know about, we know who his mother is. We know who his brothers are. He can't be the Messiah. And so they reject him because of his background. And again, there are times when we judge people because of what we see and where we think they're from and because they have of their background. And I wonder how honest we are able to be with ourselves as to whether we label, box, assume things about someone because of their accent, because of the language they use, because of their vocabulary, because of the way they speak, or because of their clothes and their appearance, because of their race or their culture. To what extent is the background of someone affects how we judge them. We all know other people do it. The really important question is whether we do it. So are there backgrounds we find harder to relate to? Different culture, different language, different religion, different way of behaving that we find really difficult And we say, well, I know where they're from, therefore they can't be accepted. And then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, yes, you know me and you know where I am from. But I'm not here on my own authority. This is John 7, 28. But he who sent me is true. You do not know him. I know him because I am from him and he sent me. He says, look, you think you know where I'm from. Yes, okay, I'm from Nazareth in the the immediate past, but I am from God and you don't know God. But they assumed that they knew all there was to know about him. They assumed that because they knew he was from Nazareth, they knew everything. And he says, look, and he cries out, says, you don't know who has sent me. And you can sense this desperation when he talks about him crying out, Lord, if only you would see that I've come to bring you eternal life. And we miss out when we judge someone because we assume we know all there is to know. There's nothing else that can change our opinion. And so that's our next question for reflection. Do we think there is, do we know all there is to know? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a colleague. And we think, I know everything about them. And we've judged. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And we're going to leave the story there and just go back over those questions about whether we judge others. Can we recognize when we've judged a person's motive? We've seen their action and we attribute to them the reason for it and we're wrong. And are there rules that we judge others for breaking? Standards that we impose on other people that mean we can exclude them or reject them? And are there ideas we refuse to listen to? And is our judgment affected by what others have said? Or are we able to give a clean piece of paper to someone to weigh up what they're about?
other backgrounds we find harder to relate to. Maybe because we've been hurt in the past. Maybe because we've had difficult experiences. Do we bring that and project that onto others we meet? And finally, do we think we know all there is to know? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, will you help us to recognize when we judge? Just through the, your Holy Spirit now, bring thoughts of people and situations, political ideas or deeply held convictions, the way we treat individuals or groups of people or strangers. And Lord, if we have judged, if we've decided we knew what there was to know, but we were wrong, will you reveal it and will you have mercy? And where we've been judged, we bring that pain to you and ask you to bring your healing. Lord, we offer ourselves to you that we would be people who love as you loved and who are open to truth and to change. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.